to the Unlocked on Anaheim Ducks. It's the rise of the defensive core on AHL's new hope, and we're going to talk about Star Wars later. Thanks a lot, Jared. All of this on today's Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, or TLOPN. Yeah, we're going to talk about Star Wars today. I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit today. So one of our great colleagues, Jared Ellis, who's the host of Locked on Hurricanes, he started this. It's his fault. So we have a group chat amongst all the NHL hosts, and it started devolving into a whole conversation about Star Wars. I didn't have my phone on for about 15 minutes, and all of a sudden I come back and I see all these messages about Star Wars. Yeah, I'm actually going to talk about it because why not, right? It's not like we're going to talk about much else today. But welcome everyone, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. And if you're a Star Wars fan, rate five stars. Yeah, oh man, we're really doing this, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Uh, Let's see, oh yeah. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me at StimpyJD. All right. So before we get into that whole de-evolution of talking about something other than hockey, I did want to bring this up last time. And I've been talking a lot about Kevin Shattenkirk and how he fits in with the Anaheim Ducks. I kind of want to go over what the possible lines are going to be like for this season because right now, the team is pretty well set for next season. Uh, it looks like the first line is still going to be Henrik Raquel and Jakob Silverberg. All three are capable players. All three are all-star caliber players. Adam Henrik this year has to step up a little bit more than he did last year. I thought he did a tremendous job uh, really putting the puck away. But it's going to be the power play. Uh, The power play is going to be massive for him in order to succeed with this team. Last season, he improved his stats quite a bit. He got 26 goals for 43 points. His best points since being a member of the Anaheim Ducks. And his second most since the 2015-2016 campaign with the Devils when he had 50 points. But that was in 80 games. The points per game were a career high for Adam Henrique. He was doing a tremendous job just finding his way towards the front of the net and really I thought did a superb job of being in the faceoff dot. He did a great job. So as long as, I would say if he can get about a 30 goal pace, if it's an 82 game season, if he can get a 30 goal pace, the Ducks could be okay. Then you have also on that first line you have Ricard Raquel and Jakob Silverberg. Silverberg was an all-star last season. He was the only all-star for the Ducks, but could not play because of injuries. So the Ducks, if you recall, were the only team that was not represented in last year's all-star game. Oh, boo-hoo. Why do you think I didn't talk about the NHL all-star game that much and focused all my energy on the AHL all-star game, aside from the fact that I happened to be at the AHL all-star game? But that's neither here nor there. So, Sylphie also had a near-career high in goals, 21 goals, 39 points. He was on his way to a career high in goals before the pandemic happened. Uh, Last season, he scored 24 goals. This season, 21 goals in 66 games. There was a dozen games left. He would have gotten three goals in that time. He would have had a career high. But it's too bad. If he can also get in that 30-goal range... That'll improve tremendously. 
Then you have Ricard Raquel, the left wing playmaker for the Anaheim Ducks. He's going to have to step it up quite a bit because there was there was some, I don't want to say bad, some negativity. But fans were a little bit critical of him at times where Raquel would make the careless play or he wouldn't take the shot. And fans really gave it to him for about a month there. Although Raquel is a terrific player. He's a highly skilled player, always has been. Yes, his stats have dipped a little bit over the past couple seasons. It's a far cry from his 2017 campaign and 2018 when he had 33 and 34 goals. His 18 campaign, he had 69 points, which was very nice. His best season by far. His numbers have dipped mainly because he lost a couple of his line mates there. He lost playing with Corey Perry. That's not going to help you out at all. Ryan Getzloff, he's been getting on in age. So you have to consider that as well. You also have to consider the fact that Getzloff is not going to be a first liner anymore. In fact, he may not be a second liner next year. Right now, he'd be pairing up with Sonny Milano and Danton Heinen. Heinen is still fairly young. He's only 25 years old. But he is a restricted free agent after this coming season at a cap hit of $2.8 million. Then in the back side of that, you've got Sam Steele, Max Jones, Derek Grant, the Elite 1C, Nick Delorier. Then you also have David Backus and Carter Rowney. Carter Rowney is starting to show some signs of slowing. He's 31. Then you have David Backus. He's 36 years old. Now, talking with David Backus last season... I could tell that he's one of those guys that kind of has a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove himself that he can still play in this league. So in order for him to really step up, he's going to have to start ranking up the goals and play kind of like he did a few years ago with Boston. I mean, if he can somehow find even a half of that fountain of youth, that's going to be fine. Now, last season with the Ducks, he only had six games in Anaheim, didn't score a goal, had three points. In fact, he only had one goal all of last year. Yeah, one. One goal. Think back to 2014 when he was with the Blues. He had 27 goals. 2011, he had 31 goals. 09, he had 31 goals. He's not going to score 30 goals anymore. The Ducks will be happy if they can get 10 goals from him next season. If that happens, hallelujah. Do I think that's going to happen? Maybe not. In 70 games with Boston two years back. Or no, last year. He scored seven goals. That's not going to cut it. Uh, He has obviously slowed down a little bit. At this point, he's kind of stuck in that third or fourth line with the Ducks. And he could even be on the outside looking in. Because you have Andrew Agazzino coming up. He's only 29 years old. You have Sam Steele, Max Jones. Both very young guys. And then you have these other young guys waiting in the wings, waiting to get their shot. You know Isaac Lundestrom is going to come up. Zegris is going to come up at some point. Comtois is going to come up at some point. So you have to be careful if you're these older guys because you could lose your spot very easily. Then the defensive pairing. This is the new hope for the Ducks. Cam Fowler and Kevin Shattenkirk could be pairing up and that would be an excellent pair up. I like... Shattenkirk with Fowler instead of Lindholm, mainly because Lindholm and Shattenkirk play a similar game. Fowler can shoot the puck very hard when he can. I know right now 
people are saying Fowler and Matt and Manson have done a good job. Well, obviously they didn't. Otherwise, they would have scored more goals on the offensive end. I hate to say it, but you might have to break up those two. You have to break up Fowler and Manson if it's not working out to the best of their ability. Mix it up. Put Fowler with Shattenkirk. Put Lindholm with Josh Manson. Yeah, I'm suggesting that. I know some fans are going to hate that. Then you have the other guys, Jacob Larson, Cody Curran, Christian Juice. You need another right defenseman. And the Ducks have plenty of right-handed demon coming up. You have Hunter Drew, who I talked about. Hunter Drew might start in the ECHL. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this. He might start in the ECHL for a few games, go up to San Diego, and then move his way up to Anaheim. Yeah, we don't see that too often where you have a guy go from the ECHL to the AHL to the NHL, but it's happened plenty of times. Uh, The ones I can think of off the top of my head, Michael Hutchinson was a guy that played with the Ontario Reign, then moved up to the AHL, then very quickly moved up to the NHL that same season. I'll give another name. Braden Holtby started off with South Carolina, then in one season, he went from the ECHL for a couple of games, then up to Hershey, and then up to Washington later that season. It does happen. And this might be a case where it happens simply because of a lack of personnel at that particular spot. And then Andy Walensky, the guy that they just picked up, he's another option that could be on that right side. Then you have Yanni Hockenpah. Remember him? He started to show up really big for San Diego last season. So don't be surprised if he gets a shot with the Ducks this year as well. So those are just some suggestions. As far as contracts go, the Ducks are still possibly looking at a backup goaltender. We still do not know if Miller is going to come back or not. It's going to depend on how the pandemic plays out. It's going to depend if they play in a bubble. It's going to depend on a lot of factors. And we'll talk about those factors after the first intermission. Because the NHL and the AHL, they kind of go hand in hand. And some of those obstacles that they have to overcome are very similar. So we'll definitely talk about that. But first, from the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue. To accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Sports teams across the country are applying this popular philosophy by using stoicism's key idea. You control how you respond and play. You don't control what the refs and fans do or how the puck bounces. It's about what you did to adapt. Lives of the Stoics, the art of living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. Once again, that book is called Lives of the Stoics, the art of living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius. Pick it up today. After the first intermission, we're going to delve into the AHL a little bit and then talk about Star Wars. Stay locked in, folks. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by Built Bar. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. And before we get started talking about the American Hockey League, let's talk about Roman. Talking about ED is not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying stuff like, I lost my mojo. Well, I'm not feeling it. 
But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, then Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Once again, that's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. One more time, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. All right, let's talk about the new hope for the American Hockey League. So before the break, I talked a little bit a little bit about Ryan Miller and what it would take for him to come back. Well, in order for him to come back, there would have to not be a bubble situation. Now, there is another team that might express interest in Miller's services, and that would be the Vegas Golden Knights because we just found out that Robin Leonard is injured for now. We don't know when he's going to come back or if he's going to be 100% for the Vegas Golden Knights coming up this season. So Miller might be approached by Vegas. And to be honest, that is on the very, very, very short list of teams that he could possibly go to, mainly because of the proximity to his family. So really, his family is going to stay put in LA no matter what. They're not going to go out to Vegas. But at least he's close enough that he can take an hour flight back home just in case. So there's that factor. Then you also have to factor in, if there's a bubble, he's going to be away from his family for a long time. He does not want that. His wife is important to him. His children's important to him. He's not going to leave for months at a time. So if we have a situation where bubbles are present, then you could safely say that he's probably going to call it a career at that point. Now, how does this reflect on the American Hockey League? How is this connected? While the AHL has been toying around with the idea of bubbles, they have to be as flexible as possible. This was uttered by the new AHL commissioner, Scott Housen, or rather the new AHL president. We don't have commissioners in the American Hockey League. It is the president. And once again, that is Scott Housen, who has taken over the job from Dave Andrews, who just retired this past season. So Scott Housen had a lot to say on TV2 Sports, which is out of Lehigh Valley. So he had a few things to talk about as far as where the plans are going, how it's processing as far as, you know, connecting the NHL and the AHL, how they're going to have the league's progress. Well, here's what we know. We're currently looking at a 40 to 50 game schedule. The season will not begin any earlier then January 2nd. This is very important because typically that's the halfway point of the season. That's usually the point when the home team stops wearing white and they begin wearing black. As far as the amount of games, 50 is the upper limit, 40 is the baseline. So we're looking at that amount of games 
which means only 20 to 25 home games for each team. But here's the big issue. Are fans going to be allowed? The AHL is a very fan-driven league. They rely on the fans being at the arena. And he did mention this. He mentioned that right now, as of current, there are only three teams possible that would be able to hold fans. And he briefly mentioned Texas, and that makes sense now. The Texas Stars would be able to have fans in their arena at, I think, 25% capacity at the HEB Center. I don't know what the other two teams are. He didn't mention it. But you could imagine that the other two teams could be Tucson, Arizona. So the Roadrunners could be a team. Maybe the Iowa Wilds could be one of those teams at Des Moines, Iowa. Maybe Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Griffins, they could have fans. So those are just some thoughts and maybe some, I guess, not only predictions, but that's who I think are some of the teams that are allowed to have fans right now because the Canadian teams certainly are not capable of that simply because of the restriction between going from country to country, having to quarantine for a few days. It is not feasible for teams traveling from Canada to U.S. Now, here's the other factor. This is going to heavily involve development as far as players being called up or called down. There are a handful of teams whose AHL affiliate is in Canada and the team is in the States or vice versa. So I'm going to list off the teams where the affiliate and the, sorry, the AHL affiliate and the NHL team are in different countries. Starting off with the Utica Comets. Their AHL team is in Utica, New York, but their NHL affiliate is the Vancouver Canucks. That's already a tough plane ride as it is. Add to the fact that it's across two countries, then it's going to be darn near impossible to call up players for Vancouver at the drop of a hat. It's going to be so difficult. Then you also have, well, Winnipeg's in the same arena. Oh, this one? I forgot about this one. Bakersfield. This affects our teams here in the West Coast. The Bakersfield Condors. They're in California. Their NHL team is the Edmonton Oilers, all the way up in Canada. So you got to get players back and forth. That's not going to be easy. Then you also have the Stockton Heat and the Calgary Flames. That one's also going to be very tough to maneuver around. So you're not going to have players coming up and down just like that. It's going to take some hard work and possibly a lot of quarantining. So something else to keep in mind. Something else that Scott Housen talked about as far as the podcast goes. He mentioned talking about a condensed postseason and asked about what that was. It's possible that there could be only eight teams in the postseason, maybe a little bit more, but it is starting to look less and less likely that we're going to have a regular 16-team playoff. So that's where we're at currently as far as the American Hockey League goes. We're going to head into the second intermission of this program. As you probably hear the AC going off, I apologize for that, but it is stinking hot out here. It's 100 degrees yet again in Southern California, but we're going to talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. They are back and better than ever. They are redesigned. The packaging is nice and sleek. The candy bars themselves are a little bit more marshmallowy. They are a little bit softer, and they're even more delicious than they were before. Made with 100% real chocolate, try some new flavors 
like cookies and cream and cherry barcia. They are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. So not only are they very healthy, but they are just supremely good for you and very tasty. Go to BuiltBar.com now. Enter promo code LOCKED and get 20% off your first order. Once again, that's BuiltBar.com. The best tasting protein bar in the land that tastes like a candy bar. Coming up after the second intermission, yeah, we're going to talk about Star Wars, folks. Buckle up and stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Something a little different as opposed to hockey talk. So I have Jared Ellis to blame for this. So he's the host of Locked On Hurricanes and is also a big Star Wars fan. And he kind of got into it a little bit last night as to talking about Star Wars, all things Star Wars, Clone Wars, the Christmas special. We went off last night. So then I thought, you know what, I never really talked about Star Wars on this podcast, and given that this is locked on Anaheim Ducks in Disneyland, is right down the street. You have Galaxy's Edge right there, probably one of the best lands in all the Disney parks, and I don't say this lightly, I like Fantasyland, I love Tomorrowland, Star Tours, for my money, is one of my favorite rides, but Galaxy's Edge is one of the best lands out there. And yeah, I am a big Star Wars fan. I ran the Star Wars half marathon every year when they had it here at Disneyland. And this got to us, I mean, a lot. It got to us a lot because some people had opinions on what was the best movie. And if you guys saw on my Twitter last week, there was a draft pick that had a lot to say about his favorite movies. He went into the midichlorians. He went into the fact that the origins of Anakin Skywalker are in fact based on the midichlorians and the fact that they are beings that are inside all the Jedi. So just a brief thing that I want to discuss. What is the best Star Wars movie? What's the best of the trilogies? I always love the original trilogies, the OG episodes 4, 5, and 6. I can watch those over and over and over again simply because I think they're timeless. But one movie that does not get enough love, and one that I appreciated more as the years went on, was Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. When that first came out, I didn't care for it that much. I really didn't. Well, first off, you have this whole monologue about sand that I was like, really, we're spending time talking about sand? Really? Alright, fine. But that chase was awesome in A New Hope. I did love... The, I guess the, um, what is it called? The race. The race in episode one. That one I loved a lot. In fact, I had that Star Wars Racers game for N64 way back when. Still one of my favorite video games of all time. But episode three. I thought the music was epic on episode three. Uh, the, the way the story tied together between episodes three and four made it better and better more I watched it. Because the first time I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't understand, you know, why Jar Jar was there. I didn't understand the emotion of what was going on when Anakin turned to the dark side. That was hard for me to grasp. But then I watch it more as an adult and I realize 
you know, this actually all makes sense because you had the rise and fall and obviously the redemption of Anakin Skywalker later on. And I was biased when I saw it back then going, I don't know if this is the best work. But then looking back at the music, the lightsaber duels were probably some of the most epic lightsaber duels of all the movies. And I'm talking one through nine. The actors brought everything together. Everything. So you had that huge battle between the Republic and the trade. And Anakin almost shot Obi-Wan out of the sky. Then you had R4 getting decapitated. Then you had Obi-Wan jump out of the ship. That whole sequence was amazing. But then towards the end, you had the death of Amidala. Ooh, that gets to me. That scene visually is amazing. Musically, it's amazing. So even though it's not my favorite of the movies, I still think my favorite has to be probably episode five. I don't know why. That's just That was my favorite back then. I will still love it. And episode four, I love. But episode three, over time, got better than episode one. Uh, you had the Grievous versus Obi-Wan duel, which I thought was great. Mace versus Sidious. Okay, Mace won that fight. And then it got taken away from him later on. That was a showcase of lightsaber talent. And I loved it. But then you had, at the end, the two fights at the same time, which was by far the climax of that of the first trilogy. It climaxed. You had Anakin versus Obi-Wan on one side. Then you had Yoda versus Sidious. That was a moment in the movie theaters where people cheered because you saw Yoda freaking fighting. That scene's amazing. For that alone, that might be one of the best sequences of the original trilogy. And for me, that was the redeeming factor. Back then, I thought because of that, episode 3 didn't suck. But then you get to the performances, you get to Ian McDermott, you get to the arc of the storyline. Yeah, episode 3 is a great movie. And one of the best movies out of all 9 Star Wars films. Do you guys agree? Do you guys agree that episode 3 is a good movie? Do you hate that film? Do you love that film? Do you agree that it's one of the best? Do you think it's one of the worst? Are you fans of episode 7 through 9? Did you like those more? Or are you like me and still the OG is probably amongst the best work out of all the Star Wars films? I want to hear your opinion on Star Wars, guys. So I'm going to open up the mailbag tonight. Email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com or leave a question on Twitter tonight. You could ask any Star Wars questions. I'm sure I'll answer them because why the heck not, right? Or you have some questions about the Ducks Free Agents. Ask about that. You could ask about the NHL draft. Ask about that. Or any hockey generic question. Whether it's one of these bizarre free agency moves that happened. Like, I don't know, this a certain move that the Buffalo Sabres made. Yeah, you could ask me about that too. So, once again, email me or drop me a line on Twitter. The mailbag is officially open. And I'm going to make this announcement now. There will be no show on Thursday. We're going to have a show on Friday. And then we're going to have another Saturday night special. Yeah, I've been enjoying them the past couple weeks. 
I figure, why not? Let's do it again. And maybe this time I'll have a special guest come on for that one. So once again, no show on Thursday. Friday show, Saturday show. That's where it's at. That's what we're doing for the rest of the week. So thank you all once again for listening. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD as we navigate through the rest of this offseason like a bunch of Jedis out in space. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Be safe out there. Be kind to one another. May the force be with you and Ducks fly together.